and I thank the Lord that she has a desire to serve Jesus first. Romans chapter number two, starting at verse number one. Remember reading in the King James Version, the Bible says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. I'm thankful for the goodness of the Lord. But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasurest up unto thyself. Wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who by patience contend. Continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immorality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first also to the Gentile for there is no respect of persons with God I want to pause here for a moment I taught last Sunday I'm going to be teaching again today on this subject that we're dealing with this month and that is the fire from within Lord we thank you for this day we thank you Lord for the spirit that we feel right now God I pray you may help us Lord right now Lord this is your people this is your church we are your sheep I am your vessel so help me Lord to speak every word that is intended and I pray that my flesh will not get in the way in Jesus name we pray somebody say amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I want to take a moment here and read what we just read in Romans chapter number two starting at verse number one but I want to read it in a slightly different version Starting at verse number one here, the Bible says, therefore, every one of you who judges is without excuse. For when you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Since you, the judge, you're doing the exact same thing. We know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on truth. So do you really think any one of you who judges those who do such things, yet you do the same thing? You think you're going to escape God's judgment? Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, his restraint and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead every one of us to change? That's what repentance is. It's to change. It's not just to say, I'm sorry, Lord, and go right back to what we used to do. 
but repentance is a change. It goes on to say, because of your hardened, your hardened and unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself. And it's only going to do you damage in that day of wrath, that day of judgment where we all stand before the righteous king. He will repay each one according to his works. We let God be God. None of us needs to be God. We don't need to play God and condemn others when we should be looking in the mirror. But we want to talk down on some other people and think we're better because we don't do certain things that they do. But yet we got our own secrets in the closet. We go let God be God. The Bible says he will repay each one according to his works. Eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, immorality, but wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. There will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew and also to the Greek, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does what is good first to the Jew and also to the Greek. Why? Because there is no respect a person or as this version says, there's no favoritism with God. Oh, we ought to clap our hands unto the Lord and thank him that he loves me just as much as he loves you. That he loves you just as much as he loves another. There's no favoritism. We do wrong, we're going to receive wrong. We do good, we're going to receive that good. He has no favoritism. And I'm sure all of you mothers have no favoritism with your children. Oh, let me keep preaching then. Oh, you don't treat one better than the other. That's what the Lord does with you and I. That is what is going to make Star City Church so unique. I've said it last week and I will say it again. We will set the example here in this city. Star City Church will be a church. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what color you are, no matter what age you are, no matter, no matter what background you come from, it does not matter. We will love people just who they are. And we will not show favoritism to certain people. So I don't care if you've been here for 60 years or six months. I'm telling you, God will pour out his blessing upon you that's just been here just for a few days as if he would pour out his blessing on somebody that's been here all their life. All Jesus is looking for is for a heart that surrenders to him. I'm telling you, God does not respond to age. He responds to faith. Hallelujah. So I believe our ability to reach unity and diversity will be the beauty and the test of this church. We will set the example in this city. It's going to take each one of us to make and have that mindset to set the example in this city for each individual. Periodically, everyone feels the heat of anger. 
but how you handle the heat determines whether or not you are misusing it. The small flame that lights a cozy campfire, if left unchecked, can just as quickly ignite a fierce forest fire. Conversely, the initial spark of anger that could be used for good, if snuffed out too quickly, can keep anger from accomplishing its designated purpose. For the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 8, it says, Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. The wise are able to turn away anger. There's a quote that I came across that I really like. It says, inclusivity means not just we're allowed to be there, but we are valued. Smart teams will do amazing things, but truly diverse teams will do impossible things. Now, I just simply say, and I like to say it all the time, is that we fight together and we will win uh, together. <laughs> Anger is typically started and fueled by at least one of the four sources. That is hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. I want to speak briefly here on two different mothers and how they dealt with hurt how they dealt with injustice how they handled fear and no doubt frustration the first one I want to speak about if I can just for a moment here is Hagar Hagar was an Egyptian slave and a maid servant to Sarah Sarah was the wife of Abraham she didn't have much to say about anything especially not becoming Abraham's wife now, this story is very interesting. If I can just take a moment and set the scene, is that Abraham and Sarah were promised a child. And no doubt, many of you know the story that Abraham and Sarah didn't quite believe that they could have children based on their age. And so it got to a point to where now here Abraham and Sarah are up in age and Sarah takes it upon herself to tell her husband to go lay, sleep with, have sex with their maid servant. Now, this is very interesting because now I don't know how and when Sarah derived this thought and how it came about, but sometimes you can get so low and be so desperate that you're willing to do anything, even if that thing is the wrong thing. But yet what bothers me and what boggles my mind uh, to a certain degree, is that Abraham didn't hesitate. You don't find in scripture where Abraham looked at Sarah and said, woman, what are you thinking? What are you talking about? I can go lay with another woman. Now, Abraham, uh, uh, unfortunately, like most men, uh, when Sarah said, hey, I want you to go and lay with this other woman that's living in our household, Abraham said, well, thank you. I was thinking the same thing the other night. I was just waiting on confirmation. Abraham didn't hesitate. He immediately just went on and took action. He didn't stop Sarah and didn't think about it. He didn't, you know, have a conversation about this and how this is going to work out. But no, Abraham just moved. And so now here, Abraham has a child by this maid servant. 
Well, we know that if, if, if this takes place, uh, there's going to be some discussion. There's going to be some injustice. There's going to be some frustration, some hurt that is going to take place. Because now here Sarah realizes that this woman uh, that serves her, this woman that lives in her household is able to have a child by her man. But yet it was her idea. But yet even though now she's come up with this idea, she realizes that her idea was not the best idea. So now we find where this young boy is being raised in his household. And of course, Sarah is now is a little frustrated and she wants them to leave now. She wants them to be removed. She wants them to get out of here. Why? Because that boy is not hers. And no doubt, if you can just picture this, because I like to put myself in the character's shoes just to kind of have their mindset. Just imagine how Sarah's feeling because now this young boy is walking around the house. He's growing up and here's Abraham picking up Ishmael, throwing him up in the air, playing with him, calling him his son. No doubt out in the yard playing with him, all these games and activities and Sarah's over here frustrated because that's not her baby. And now Abraham is cuddled up with this maidservant and having a good time and playing with their son. But yet Sarah's over here off left to the side because that's not her baby. It was her idea, but not her baby. Sometimes we can have ideas that are born out of hurt, born out of what we think is right, but it's not God's baby. Uh I'm going to say that one more time. That's not God's baby. God didn't bring that forth. God didn't cause this to happen. God didn't move on Sarah and say, this is what I want you to do. No, God moved on Abraham and Sarah and said, I will give you a child. But because of our inability to be patient, because of our inability to trust in the Lord that God will pull us through, we come up with our own idea. And then we have the nerve to get mad at God because our idea didn't work. Oh, can I talk to y'all in here? We want God to bless our ideas. So now we find and see where the maidservant, Hagar, her name, they get to a place where her and Ishmael run off. If you study and understand the story that Hagar was going back to her homeland. She was running away from this trouble. She was running away. Why? Because she's hurt. She's frustrated. This wasn't her idea. This was your idea, Sarah. Why are you causing so much frustration in my life? Why are you causing this household to be tormented and torn because of an idea that you had? But yet now she's in an uncomfortable situation and Hagar runs and takes Ishmael with her. But the Bible scripture lets us know that the angel of the Lord meets them. Now, you would think there's no way God can send me back to the mess that I'm coming out of because that is not a healthy environment. See, some of us are in unhealthy environments and we're doing everything we can to run away from it. But yet this unhealthy environment that some of us had to deal with are some of the things that we put upon ourselves. See, the scripture says that he will put no more on you than what you're able to bear. There's some things that we put on ourselves. It's not a God thing, no, it's a me thing. And I've put that on myself, and, but I'm looking to God saying, Lord, why have you allowed this to happen? God says, I didn't put that on you. You did that to you. <laughs> and Hagar with her son Ishmael runs off and the angel of the Lord visits her and says, I need you to go right back. Now think about this now. That's the time to negotiate with the angel and say, oh, you, you, you got the wrong message. 
I need you to go back up to heaven and double check to make sure that you got the right word. I, I, I need you to, uh, can, can, now who are you? What's your name, Angel? Can, can, is someone high, is there, is there a rank higher than you? Can we go above this? I wish I had some mothers in here because that's what y'all do at the grocery store. Who, who's your boss? No, we go return this today. I know it's open, but I didn't use it. Who's your boss? Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, it, we, we need to negotiate this. But the Bible lets us know that the angel said, no, you need to go back. Because if you're running now, Hagar, you will run forever. Oh, I can preach to somebody about that because oftentimes we're trying to run away from our frustration. We run away from our hurt. We run away from our anger. But God is saying, no, if you run from this, you'll be running forever. See, there's some things God does not want to pull you out of. You just got to go through it. And see, when we learn how to go through certain fires, we can better understand the things where God is taking us. And we can better understand where he's brought us from. It can also bring us better understanding how great God is even through the fire. The scripture, the Bible lets us know, understanding this story, that Hagar thought she would get to escape her misery. But God called her to return right back to her misery. She obeyed and he blessed her and hers and her son on just what he said he promised he would do. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 21, verse number 18, the scripture says, Arise, lift up thy lad, speaking to Hagar, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. The Bible says, And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And the scripture says in verse number 20, And God was with the lad. Notice how God gave Hagar a promise if she would just return back to where she did not want to go to. See, some of us need to face that fire from within. Some of us need to face the anger, the hurt that we're steady trying to escape from. Some of us don't want to deal with certain situations because we're so mad, we're so angry, we're so frustrated, so we try to run away from it. But God is saying, oh, no, you've got to go through this. You've got to understand what is going on and why this is happening. So then you can better understand when I bring you out. And see, we must get this simple principle here that because Hagar obeyed the angel of the Lord, because she could have disobeyed. She could have went the other way and said, I'm not going back there. But no, she obeyed the voice of the Lord, went back. And the Bible says that God blessed her and her son. She was trying to escape the situation so that her son could have a future. But God said, you need to go back to the situation for your son to have a future. Woo, hallelujah. Some of us in here today dealing with this mother and many mothers in here. I know that we have frustrating times. I know that we have frustrating children. I know we have frustrating situations, but this is a principle not only for every mother, but also for every person in here. Stop running. Stop hiding. Stop running away from the things that you're trying to run away from. I'm telling you, some of us have been running and running and you end up right back in the same position. And you wonder, why am I going back to the same place that I'm trying to run away from? Because God is trying to get your attention that you have this fire from within you and it needs to be replaced by the Holy Ghost fire. The only way it can be replaced by God's spirit and by God's power is if you stop running from what God is trying to take you through. 
Hagar tried to run and I don't blame her. Because she was living in uncomfortable situations that wasn't even her idea to begin with. But the scripture lets us know that the angel of the Lord says, oh no, you've got to go back. Mm -mm. You're running for the wrong reason. You're running out of frustration. Go back. You're running out of fear. I'll protect you. You think there's injustice. No, Abraham's going to take care of you. Everything's going to be all right. It's not time for you to run. It's not time for you to go. You need to go back. Some of us here today, we need to return back. You've been running away from God for far too long. It's time to come back. You've been running away from the house of the Lord too long. It's time to come back. Somebody hear me in this house. Somebody hear me online today. I'm telling you, it's time to come back. Stop running away from things that you know you should be drawing closer to. You've been running and running for far too long, and yet you find yourself wrestling at night. You find yourself mad at God. You find yourself arguing and complaining and bickering and trying to negotiate with God. Matter of fact, you got to the point to where you don't even believe in God anymore because you've become so frustrated at the outcome of the things that you're trying to run away from. I'm telling you to come on back. I'm telling you to run back. The best place you can be is in the presence of the Lord. The best place you can be is in the house of the Lord. I know things that are happening in this world got you so mad you don't even know why you lift your hands. You don't even know why you pray. You don't even know why you clap. You don't even know why you're doing the things that you're doing but God is trying to get a hold of somebody heart and say come on back come on back I know it's hot right now I know the fire is burning right now I know it doesn't feel comfortable right now but somebody needs to shout come on back come on back come on back and I promise you when you come back to God God will bless you not only will he bless you but he'll bless your children and your children's children because the Bible says that he will make Ishmael a great nation But he had to go back to the fire. She had to return to the fire. She had to return to the frustration. She had to return to the hurt. She had to return to the injustice. This stuff makes you mad, don't it? Come on, be honest with me. It makes you mad. We don't want to deal with this mess. The world we live in, we want to escape it. It's crazy. It's chaos. God says, nope, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it for a moment. You got to deal with this nonsense for a while. I'm not saying you be a part of the nonsense, but you got to deal with the nonsense. We want to run, escape it. I'm telling you, there's, there's times in my life, I just want to stay right here in the church. I don't even want to go outside them doors. I'd rather just stay right here. You feel like that sometimes because you don't want to go back to that. Mm, 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 mm. Because it just brings back anger. The second woman I would like to highlight just for a moment, if you could bear with me here, is Hannah. She was married to a man who loved her very much. But this man also had another wife. Well, if you don't get anything today, man, just stick with one woman. (laughs) 
Just keep one. Amen. These men with these multiple women, they, they messing up. It's chaos. Every woman in here should have shouted, go ahead, preacher. If I should have had more eruptions in here, it should have been that. Every woman in here should have jumped to their feet. It's just it's one woman. He loved Hannah, but he had another woman. And the other wife could bear children, but Hannah could not. Hannah's name means favor, but she had nothing to show that she had favor. Has anybody been there? Well, you know you have the favor of the Lord on your life, but you have nothing to show for it. I want to help somebody here. This is, this is, uh, I want to step, let me help you. See, don't allow material things to be the mindset that you have to show that you have favor with God. My simple lifestyle, the things I do and choose not to do shows that I have favor with God. Just because someone doesn't have certain items in the size of a house or a bank account and certain things that people flash. Check me out. You don't, you know, you may not know if I serve God or not, but it, at least I, it looked like I do. Hey Amen. I've heard that before. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't want to just look like I serve God. No, I want to walk like I serve God. I want to speak like I serve God. Can I take it further? I want to treat others like I serve God. I want to love people like I serve God. Amen. So she, her name means favor, but nothing to show for. And this other woman could bear children. The Bible says in first Samuel chapter number one, starting at verse number six, it says, and her adversary, look at this. Now the woman that's living in her own household, her adversary also provoked her sore. For to make her fret because the Lord has shut up her womb. And as he did so, listen, year by year, speaking of the husband, when she went up, now speaking of Hannah, to the house of the Lord, so she, speaking of the other wife in the household, provoked her. Therefore, Hannah wept and did not eat. Hannah, who could not have children, wanted to have children, obviously. This other woman could have children. And now not only is this other woman making fun of Hannah because she has no offspring. Imagine the conversations in this household. Yeah, our husband may love you. He may treat you a little bit better. He may give you extra things, but you have no offspring. Because when we die, when it's our time here, it's my children that's going to live on. It's my children that's going to have his lineage. It's my children that's going to carry on his name, not yours. Imagine the mindset and the conversations that are happening between the four walls to where Hannah doesn't even want to be around this family. Same thing like Sarah. Sarah used to see Abraham and Hagar play with little Ishmael. Now Hannah doing the same thing, standing off in a corner, seeing her husband and this other woman play with their children, but Hannah cannot have any children. Just imagine when this other woman was sick and Hannah had to take care of the other woman's children. 
She wanted children so bad, but yet here she is changing the diapers, if you will. Here she is caring for the sick. Here she is tucking this little baby in bed, no doubt saying, I love you, baby. But it's not her child. She's living in a household year after year as this other woman is having child after child. And the Bible lets us know that every time they went to the house of the Lord, that's when the provoking got worse. Isn't that amazing? When you try to come to the church, it seems like the provoking gets worse. Anytime you try to draw closer to the Lord and you make a decision to turn your life to Jesus Christ, the provoking gets worse. It seems like the very people around you that surround you are getting worse and trying to pull you further away from what you're trying to draw closer to. So we see that here in the story of Hannah. What's interesting here is that we can only imagine the hurt and the frustration that Hannah has. At what point, Hannah, do you just give up from believing that your day is coming? Or better yet, how about you just flat out just punch this woman in the mouth? Well, I I wish I had at least three people that was just real right now. I just need three. I don't need everybody. I don't know about you, but at some point, one of these years, thank you, Sister Carson. At at, at some point, I would have got tired of her mouth. And I wouldn't be able to hold my anger because my fist would have been clenched, saying, I just, I wish, I hope she say something to me today. I hope. I'm laying in bed saying, I hope today is the day. Today I may not have a baby, but I'm about to punch this baby right in her mouth. I hope she says something. Say something. Say, please, please, please. Did she look? I think she looked at me. Did she? That's real. At some point, I'm a punch, I'm a backhand, I'm going to do something because I'm sick of her mouth. At some point, Hannah had to be thinking that. Now, you may not believe that. You can consider Hannah to be as sweet and as innocent as can be. No, no. I'm thinking Hannah wanted to slap the mess out this lady. There may have been a few times where the hand came up, but one of the kids came around, so she said, well, thank you, Lord. You save this woman from a beatdown. Oh, yes. We've all been there. We've all had that hurt. We all had that anger where we lash out. We're so frustrated. Those fists begin to clench. Those, that nose begins to flare up. You can't even breathe. You need an oxygen tank just to help you get back to your O2 level. But you're frustrated. You're mad. No doubt Hannah was in that situation because this woman, year after year, she's bothering me. Every time she had a child, it was a smack in Hannah's face. Every time she heard that baby cry, it was a smack in Hannah's face. Every time this woman would have the nerve to ask Hannah, Hannah, can you help me today with the kids? Oh, that'll burn me up. No, them your kids. Take care of your own kids. Going to the grocery store. I'm telling you. This is real stuff right here. It happens. We get mad. We get frustrated. Hannah's hurt. She had to deal with this constantly. I'm going to read this again. First Samuel chapter one, verse number seven. It says, and as he did so year by year, every time he went up to the church, every time he would go sacrifice, every time they were supposed to go to worship, 
when she went up to the house of the Lord, this woman provoked her. Therefore, Hannah, the Bible says she wept and she could not eat. Here we find Hannah in her response, responding the right way. Oftentimes in our anger, we don't respond the right way. See, it's in those moments of frustration where we can find ourselves doing something that's going to set us back for so many years. We end up doing something. We end up saying something. We end up thinking one way. We end up becoming so bitter. We're so frustrated at people and even more so at God because of how life has happened, because of how things have taken place in our life. Oh, can I talk to some mothers in here? Mothers, don't give up. Mothers, don't give up. I know you're going through so much with your children. I know you're dealing with so many things with grandchildren, with loved ones, but mothers, don't give up. Don't give up on your spouse. Don't give up on the people around you. Don't give up. But the Bible says that Hannah wept. She couldn't eat. But her frustration drew her to her knees instead of confronting the woman to her face. Her hurt drew her to her knees instead of her hurt drawing her to respond in anger. For the Bible says in verse number 10 of that same chapter, 1 Samuel chapter number 1, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord. She wept sore. And she vowed a vow to the Lord. Hannah responded the correct way. Hannah responded on her knees instead of responding in anger. And because she responded in prayer, she made a vow to the Lord saying, Lord, give me a a man child. I want a baby, Lord. And I'm telling you something that we can learn from Hannah right now is that when you cry unto the Lord and when you respond the right way, be specific. Hannah specifically prayed for not just a baby, but I want a boy. I want my name, the lineage to carry on through my bloodline. I want that boy. I want a man child. I want a young man that we can be proud about because boys represented favor with the Lord. I want a boy. That's what I want. If you give me a baby, I want that man child. And we know that Hannah birthed Samuel. Hallelujah. Because she responded the right way, because she fell to her knees and not confronted that woman to her face. She birthed Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the scripture. Samuel, who anointed both the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. Samuel, wonderful, mightily used man of God who led Israel for many years. Why? Because Hannah responded the correct way. She did not allow her anger to cloud her judgment. There are two ways every individual is going to walk out of here today. One of those ways is when you feel hurt, fearful, frustrated, or have been treated unfairly. Your belief, and you believe that you have the right to be angry until the situation changes. You feel it's only natural for me to be angry about the disappointments in my life and to express my anger any way I choose. That's the wrong belief. Or you can walk out of here today with this belief. Since I have trusted in Jesus with my life and have yielded my rights to him, 
I choose not to be controlled by anger. My human disappointments are now God's appointments. Somebody say that with me. My human disappointments are now God's appointments. My human disappointments are now God's appointments to increase my faith and develop his character in my life. That's the right way to respond. That's the right belief. So how do you choose to walk out of here today? In your own self-righteousness? Allowing the things and the angers and the hurts to continue to boil up in you? To walk out of here feeling the exact same way you came in with the same hurt, frustrations, and pain because of the things that are happening in your life and in your family? Or are you going to choose to turn your life over to Jesus Christ? Are you going to choose to give your hurt, your pain, and your frustration to Jesus Christ? Are you finally going to yield yourself and stop saying, well, I tried Jesus. I tried prayer. I tried fasting. I tried believing. No, we continue to believe. We continue to pray. We continue to fast. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. That's the right way to believe. That's the right way to respond. I'm telling you, church, we're dealing in difficult times, challenging times, and this world will only bring more frustration and hurt. The pain that is happening in our day, it will continue to increase, but it doesn't have to increase in us. It doesn't have to increase in you. It doesn't have to increase in your family. But we can make a choice to stand for Jesus Christ and watch how the Lord blesses not only yourself, but generations after that. I'm telling you, I'm here today because I had a family and I had family that believed and trusted in Jesus Christ. I had generations of family that trusted in Jesus Christ. No doubt there were times when my mother and father could have turned the other way, could have went back on the Lord, but yet they stayed strong. And they taught me as a young man to stay strong. No matter what I face, no matter what goes on, even if I think it's right or not, even if I cannot explain it, I stay strong in Jesus Christ. Because my disappointments becomes God's appointments. It's his time to show up in my life. It's his opportunity to show himself so strong in me. I'm telling somebody here today, if you've given up, if you've thrown in a towel, I'm telling you... Go pick that towel back up. Go put it back in your pocket and come to Jesus. Have a changed mind. Have a changed heart. Have a changed understanding knowing that Jesus is giving you one more opportunity. Today, somebody needs to hear the word that I'm speaking here. Don't give up on God because I promise you he will never give up on you. So how do you handle the fire from within? listen to the principle of Hagar as she ran I'm getting out of here I'm going back home I'm going back to my comfort I'm going back to where they will accept me I'm going back to what I know I'm getting out of this household this is terrible I'm not raising my kid in this the angel of the Lord said no if you run now you'll be running for the rest of your life stop running go back I know it hurts I know you're frustrated, but
but I promise you, if you do what I tell you to do, I will bless you and I will bless your children for generations to come. So how do we respond? We respond like Hannah. I want to punch you in your face right now. I'm tired of the way you've been talking to me. I'm tired of what's going on. I'm so frustrated. No doubt she's mad at God at some point. Why is this happening, God? I don't understand. But yet she got to a point to where she came to the house of the Lord and she responded the right way. She fell on her knees. She fell on her face. She didn't eat. She wept sore and said, God, I need a man child. I want a boy, Lord. And I'm going to make a vow to you. If you give me a boy, I'll give him right back to you. I promise you that. And the beautiful thing about Hannah's story is that money people don't bring out is that after Hannah had Samuel and after she was obedient to her own word and gave Samuel back to the Lord, well, keep on reading a few chapters later because she had more children. (laughs) Hannah didn't stop at Samuel. Let me say this. God didn't stop at Samuel. But God honored what she did and gave Hannah more children because that's what God does when you give your life to him when you turn your problems over to him he not only honors what you said but he will bless you with abundantly more than what you even asked for why because that's his word he will give you more he's able to exceed the abundance of everything that you ask or even think let's stand to our feet right now and before we do anything else let's clap our hands unto the Lord lift your voice unto him somebody just begin to say thank you Jesus Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, open up your mouth, lift your voice. What am I thanking for? I'm thanking for the blessing. I'm thanking for bringing me out. I'm thanking for healing my mind. I'm thanking for bringing my family in. I'm thanking for the deliverance. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Somebody shout, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.